The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. This morning, I am reminded of the story of two campers out in the wilderness, two guys hiking and camping in the wilderness, and a, uh, a bear comes after them, and they have to run for their lives. And as they're running away, uh, one of the friends stops and kneels down and starts putting on his running shoes. And his friend says, what are you doing? You can't outrun a bear. And as he's quickly tying up his shoes, he's he says, I don't have to. That's what I get for going up and down on him. Uh, you know, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you. Yes, uh, some of you have heard that joke before. It's not mine, but because uh, mine wouldn't be anywhere near that funny even. But uh, the reason I, I, that brings bears to my mind, I've been uh, researching and preparing for our, uh, our big road trip to Alaska this summer, and I've learned that uh, uh, bears can be an issue in certain places. We're actually uh, going to be in a town called Dead Horse, and uh, in this town, they said in the summer, it, it is not that unusual for the town to kind of get o- overrun by the bears. And in fact, uh, some, uh, sometimes the polar bears even make their way into this town, which is extremely unheard of. And, and all I can think is now we know why, the, why it's called dead horse and not live horse, right? You know, see, that one's not as funny. That's because I wrote it. You know, that's the problem. But, uh, but so I've been preparing. I'm thinking the best way to deal with bears is just to completely avoid them, right? So I've got uh, a couple of things I've bought. Uh, this is my bear repellent, and I bought the one that, uh, you know, shoots like 475,000 feet, you know, you know, trying to repel the bears. And then I've got this thing. Uh, this is a uh, bear repellent or uh, resistant food container. And my plan for this is, you know, you got to turn the screws, put the food in here, seal it back up, food back in here. Then I'm going to put this into the cooler, which also has the ability to put a lock on the cooler. I'm going to lock the cooler. And then I'm putting the cooler in the van and locking the van. I figure if the best way to attract a bear is to leave the smell of food around, I'm going to make sure there's no smell of food around. Because after all, uh, the best way to stay safe is uh, to avoid them altogether, right? And so... uh, Um, But I'm stuck in this uh, bit of a conundrum, and that's this. Uh, While I want to avoid the bears at all costs, I I don't want to miss the opportunity to see everything, the adventure uh, that we plan for this summer. And so I kind of go back and forth between this notion, do I play it safe or do I go on the adventure type of a thing? Um, And where this came from, about 10 years ago, in 2006, uh, my health began to deteriorate quite badly. Um, it was a, a very, very difficult couple of years uh, for our family and for Jen and I. Our kids were young and at the time, and Jen pretty much had to do everything around the house. I would come home from work, and uh, I'd plop on the couch, and I wouldn't move again until it was time to put the kids to bed. And then there were nights I, I literally had to climb up the st- or crawl up the steps to say goodnight to the kids, and I'd crawl up the steps and then make my way in the room and. Uh, I tried all the treatments. Uh, I even had surgery to try and fix it. And there was a point in time, things got so bad that there was even discussion about uh, putting a permanent tracheotomy in uh, to allow me to breathe properly and things. And uh, uh, it was just a really difficult, difficult time. And somewhere along the way, uh, probably at about our lowest point, you know, God showed up and, and started to do a miracle in my, 
my life and in my body and in my health. And over the next couple of years, God brought just a, a powerful healing little by little as that snowball began to roll the other direction and I got stronger and healthier and reached a point where we knew I, you know, God had given me this great miracle uh, of giving me my health back again. And uh, yeah, absolutely, it was all God. And uh, at that time, uh, Jen and I had a conversation that went something like this, basically, you know, I, I don't want to spend any more of our life talking about the things we want to do someday. Uh, it's time for us to start living life in the present and doing the things that we want to do. And, um, and so we actually, this, this crazy trip this summer is going to culminate in, in the last seven years. We've gone on this crazy journey that has taken our family uh, to... Uh, um, by July 10th this year, we will have been to 12 different countries and all 50 states in the last seven years. And uh, it's kind of been this crazy uh, adventure of ours. And um, in, in this whole process of my health problems and all of that, the, the lesson I learned in all of this was really this. Um, in life, when you suddenly realize that how short life is and, and we wondered if I'd be around to see our, our children grow up, um, you suddenly realize that the things you regret in life, it's not really the things, the dumb things you do. And trust me, I do plenty of dumb things. <laughs> Just ask my, better yet, don't ask my wife. She's got too many stories, too many dumb things to tell. She doesn't have enough time to tell them all. Um, it's not the dumb things, the mistakes we make that we regret the most. It's the things we didn't do that we wish we had that we will regret the most in life. And yet, how does this apply to us spiritually? Too often we live our spiritual lives this same way, caught in between this idea of do we live safe or do we live a life of faith adventure, as I'll call it today. Um, too often we end up giving in to our instincts and we live our life spiritually and otherwise avoiding failure instead of taking risks that could produce great results. We play it safe, make the rational decisions, do what makes sense, take on tasks we know we can accomplish, but in the end we end up spiritually living out a life of timid faith, believing in God to do that, believing that God does great things but never allowing our life to actually become a part of the great plans that God is playing out in this world around us. And the question is today, does it have to be that way? Or is it possible to live a life of significance in the face of failure? Is it possible to live a life of faith courage in the face of uncertainty? Today, we're going to look at the story of a man uh, who did just that, who, lived a, who decided not to play it safe and instead took on an impossible battle that made no sense. His name is Benaiah, and the story is in 2 Samuel chapter 23. And Benaiah decided to take the fight to a very real 500-pound man-eating beast. It wasn't a bear. It was possibly worse. It was a lion. And so let's read that story today. Verse 20 and 21 in 2 Samuel 23, it says this, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, 
a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two great, mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went at against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Now, Mark Batterson uh, is pastor at uh, National Community Church in Washington, D.C. I had the privilege 25 years ago uh, of graduating from Bible college with Mark. And uh, he also wrote a book based on the story of Benaiah that some of you may have read called uh, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. And uh, in that book, Mark uh, describes kind of the scene and, and what the people around Benaiah watching this whole thing must have been thinking. And, and quite honestly, he describes it basically pretty much what would be going through my mind and your mind had we been there. Benaiah is just stone cold crazy. Guy's nuts. He's insane. I mean, seriously? He climbed down into the pit to go against a lion and to take on a lion? That's just nuts. I mean, look, if a bear came and attacked my family, I, I, I could, I have no problem going after that bear and taking that bear on. Probably going to lose, but uh, to protect my family, I would do it. I know I would do it, but that's not what happened here. Benaiah didn't have to go into that pit to protect anybody. He simply took that fight on because he was looking for a great victory in his life. I don't understand it. Uh, you know, he could have left. He got to the edge of that pit, saw that lion. He could have done what everyone else did and walked the other way or kept on going. Leave the lion alone. Let's not poke fun at the lion. Let's just leave it be. I'm moving on. Okay? But instead, he decided to climb down in the pit and go after the lion. That decision to risk everything instead of playing it safe changed every moment of his life after that. Samuel 20, 2 Samuel 23, 23 says this, he, Benaiah, was held in greater honor than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. So here's, David had this hierarchy. He had his three mighty men. So he, he picked his three mighty, he had these three mighty men. Then he had these 30, uh, these 30 bodyguards and these 30 uh, great warriors, his top 30 greatest warriors. And then came along Benaiah and he didn't know what to do with him because he was greater than any of the 30. So he did what he did. He put him in charge of all these 30 great mighty warriors. And uh, he did it. It's easy to see why David picked Benaiah because Benaiah had proved himself to be the guy that does the opposite of what his human instinct told him to do. He was the one that charged in when the others were running away. He was the one who displayed courage when others were cowering in fear. He faced the lion on the lion's turf and he went to battle with lesser weapons against an overpowering enemy. And so Benaiah's life was changed from that moment forward by his decision not to play it safe, but to move forward. So what does this mean for you and I? To be locked in in 2017, if we truly want to do, see God do something great this year, if we believe in that whole for our city thing that we were talking about, if we believe that God can make a difference, you know, the world will tell us the opposite. 
The world's going to tell us the drug problems only get worse. They don't get better. The world will tell us that the morality of our community, it's just going to go downhill, not go uphill. It never gets better. Things just get worse. That's what the world would like us to believe about our, the, the city that we live in, about the communities we live in, about our neighborhoods. But I want you to know, if we want to see God show up and do something better and do something greater, then we have to be so locked in and we have to be willing to have crazy courage, not recklessness, but courage to respond to God's voice even when it makes no sense. When everything around us says, go the other way, keep on walking, we have to be willing to get down in the pit and chase the lion. And that's today's big idea, chase the lion. One thing I know about people and their heart is nobody actually wants to play it safe. We all want to live a valiant life. And spiritually, we all want to live a valiant life of faith where we're willing to take a step out and see God do great things. We want to be able to take that risk. We don't want to play it safe. We want to live a life of success and significance spiritually, and we want to overcome our fears, but too often we, it just seems impossible. And it is impossible because of our, what we call our sinful nature. The lion that we fight, the beast we fight, is our own sinful nature. That's our, our, our natural desires to do the opposite of what God wants for our life. To make decisions that take us in the opposite direction of the direction God desires for us and his plan for us. And so what we're left with is the fact that because we have given in to that sinful nature, that natural, uncontrollable compulsion to go opposite to God has left us on a collision course with the inevitable eternal punishment and eternal death. But God, there's always a but God in these stories in the Bible. But then God sent his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came to earth, and you know what he did? He got down in the pit and took our lion on. He took on our eternal punishment. He took on our death penalty on himself, and he was crucified and killed on a cross. But he didn't just die and stay dead in that pit. He came out the other side. He took on our lion, and he came out the other side victorious when on the third day he rose again and he brought us victory, and now he is able because he won the victory. He offers to you and I our salvation. He offers us forgiveness for our sins, for our mistakes, for our past and he offers us grace and mercy for our life and it's easy to accept and I want you to know today if you have never made a decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ it is a simple simple process here's what you do in your own words in your own way at any time as we're going through this service you just let God know God I'm ready for you that's it there's no fancy thing that you need to do. We're not going to take you upstairs and sacrifice a goat or anything, I promise. Uh, or a bear, even. Uh, <laughs> look, it's, it's that simple. God's not impressed by fancy words and fancy, uh, you know, routines and things like that. He just wants to know in your heart, in your own way, God, I need you in my life. 
So I encourage you to do that. If you've never made that decision, God wants to make a difference in your life. And what happens now is when we accept his forgiveness, what, what takes place now is God, Jesus has gone up to heaven and he sent his Holy Spirit. And now his spirit, the spirit of the lion chaser comes into our life and comes into our heart and comes into and becomes part of our spirit and enables us to take on the lion of the enemy that sits in front of us. First Peter chapter five, verses eight through 10, it describes, uh, it describes our enemy and, and our fight against our enemy like this. It says, control yourselves and be careful. The devil, your enemy, goes around, here it is, like a roaring lion, looking for someone to eat. The devil would want to destroy your life. He wants to tear people's families apart. He wants to tear your life apart. He wants to tear you down. But here it comes, verse nine. Refuse to give in to him by standing strong in your faith. You know that your Christian family all over the world is having the same kinds of suffering. What he's saying is that Peter wrote this to say, hey, you're not in this alone. You all have each other. We all have each other to stand together. Uh, Caleb was talking about that earlier during announcements with the, the life groups. We have each other to stand with. And after you suffer for a short time, here's the, I love this verse. After you suffer for a short time, God, who gives all grace, will make everything right. He will make you strong and support you and keep you from falling. He calls you to share in his glory in Christ, a glory that will continue forever. God's word declares we are victorious in Jesus. And what it's saying is, look, when you climb down that pit, yeah, there's going to be a struggle. There's going to be moments of, of despair. But guess what? Those are going to be short. Because after a short struggle, God is going to show up. And the God who can do all things is going to show up and make all things right. And that victory that you that you experience, that's not going to be a short victory. That victory is going to go on forever and ever. It says we can resist the devil. We can resist temptation and we can resist fear. When we submit to God and to hearing his voice, we are given the power to chase the lion that used to be chasing us. Hopefully by now, the story of Benaiah has inspired you to want to chase a lion spiritually, but how do we do that? How do we go about that? Well, I want to share just a few thoughts about Benaiah's story, how he did it, and how we can approach life differently. First of all, if you want to chase a lion, to chase a lion, reframe the danger. It's time to start looking at the lion differently. Benaiah saw something completely different than everyone else did when he saw the lion. Everybody else saw the danger. Everybody else saw the risk and how things could go badly wrong. Benaiah saw not the danger, but he saw the opportunity, an opportunity for a great victory, for God to come and give him strength and deliver him. He saw where everyone else saw danger, everybody else saw failure. He saw that God could bring a victory. He saw the opportunity. Look, when you decide you're going to chase a lion, when you decide that you are going to respond to the voice of God, look, there is going to be a moment when you pursue a dream, there is that moment right as you get ready to start where you are sure it's going to fail, right? 
you get that moment where you suddenly get overwhelmed by all the reasons not to do something. And all too often we give in and we stop. Benaiah walked to the edge of that pit and that was his moment. He looks down, he sees the lion and he realizes, yeah, that lion's going to kill me. That's what he realizes. He realizes certain destruction is on the... And yet, he didn't give in to the fear. Because when that moment comes, if it is truly a God moment, it's not us that should be afraid. It's the lion that should be afraid. In that moment, it wasn't Benaiah who was afraid, but the lion should have been. You see, we need to view the danger in front of us, the risk in front of us, not as the barrier or the beast that it appears to be, but as the setup for the victory God is about to bring and the catalyst compelling us forward to become a part of the story of God's greatness. That lion seeking our destruction, our enemy, he's going to appear often in the form of our greatest failures, our greatest fears, and the, our greatest uncertainties. But taking on the lion is actually our greatest God opportunity. It's our biggest God moment disguised as a threat. And so today I want you to, ask, to think about this question as we go through uh, the end of this message. I want you to be thinking about this question. What is that one area in your life where you need to say yes to God? What is that one thing that you have been holding back from doing because of fears or because of uncertainties or because you felt like you didn't have the time or whatever the reason? You want to say yes and you even dream of saying yes to God and seeing God step in and doing something great, but you've hesitated. What is that one thing you would do if you knew you couldn't fail, if there wasn't a pit and a lion in the way, we need to stop seeing the danger and we need to start seeing the opportunity for God to show up and for him to show off and for him to get the credit. Do you wanna live a life where God doesn't have to show up because you know you can handle everything? Or do you want to live a life where people will say, how did that happen? And your response is, I don't know, it's God. I don't know, it's God. Reframe the danger. See it as an opportunity. Benaiah courageously defeated the lion first by seeing the danger as an opportunity but then he still had to act on it. And so that's the next thought is this. You want to chase the lion? You've got to run to the roar. Uh, Mark Batterson continues to describe that whole situation when he talks about Benaiah. He says, you know, he, can he was imagining what the people around him were thinking as they see him go to the edge of the pit and then start to walk away. And the, th the thought is this, and I can imagine this, that people are thinking like, Benaiah is a smart man. He's walking away. He's doing what everyone else is doing and what any sane person would do. He sees the lion in the pit and he's just moving on out, right? Just pass it on by. No need to take this on and stuff until Benaiah got so far back and turned around and suddenly they realized he wasn't walking away. He was getting a running start. 
and he ran, and he ran to the roar. He dove into that pit, and he took on the lion. He didn't wait for the problems to come to him. He didn't wait for opportunity to come knocking at his door. He went after the lion. Listen, it's crazy, but what I'm asking you to do is to choose a life of faith adventure over a life of safety spiritually. Stop asking God why and start responding with why not. If you have a list of reasons not to jump in the pit, I'm asking you to still ask yourself, is this a God idea? Not every God idea is a good idea. seems like a good idea to us, right? In our humanity, it doesn't always seem like a good idea, but if we know it's the voice of God, if it is a God idea, you know, we can jump in that pit. Anyone, anyone can follow a path that always makes sense. Anyone can live a life that we, where we always know we're safe and we're always taking the safe route. But faith, actual real faith requires that we act on God's direction when it doesn't make sense. If you never take on anything that you don't already know you can accomplish, you are not living by faith. It doesn't take faith to do what you already know you can do. What takes faith is to take a step out and do what you know you can't do if God doesn't show up. How often do we ignore the prompting of God because the voices around us are telling us it doesn't make sense? I can't afford to go on that missions trip. I can't risk asking for help. What will people think of me if they know who I really am? I can't open up to people. I don't have time to minister to others. My family would never support me. And after all, I'm the black sheep of the family. Nobody expects me to be able to do anything good, and I don't even expect anything great out of me. I don't know how to share my faith. And even if I did, who would listen? Yeah, I believe God answers prayers, but he doesn't answer my prayers. Yeah, I believe that God can do great things through ordinary people, but not me. I don't know about you, but I've said every one of those things to myself throughout the course of my life. And I would be willing to bet many of you have said many, if not all of those things to yourself too at some point. Talking yourself out of running to the roar. Look, it's frightening to climb down into the pit. It's frightening to take a leap of faith but it's exhilarating also to do what is right, even though everything and everyone around you is telling you it might be wrong. If we want to live courageously, if we want to chase the lion, we have to first reframe the danger, recognize the opportunity. Second, it's time to take action. Run to the roar. Take that step of faith. And finally here, to chase the lion, don't ever Stop. Benaiah did not stop when the first lion in his life was dead. He did not live just for one victory in his life. When he came out the other side of the pit, he had more battles to fight. He took on more lions. He defeated Moab's greatest warriors. He went against the giant, the Egyptian giant. And I can imagine his friends saying, dude, you can't beat him. We're crazy. He's like 10 times your size, and he's got a better weapon than you. But Naya looked at the puny weapon in his hand and went, you're right. I'll just have to go take his then. 
I'll just have to use his weapon then. His friends are like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, just hold this. And he goes and wins the victory. Why? Because he recognized that one victory wasn't enough. See, God did not create you just for a single moment in your life or one victory. God created you for a lifelong series of opportunities to see God show up in your life and do what we never imagined possible. This is not a call to survive by faith. This is a call to be fully locked in to pursuing God's plan and to live a faith adventure. Stop living a safe life that you can easily take credit for. Turn and chase the lion. Run in while others are running away. And when the lion lays dead at your feet by the hand of God, start looking for a bigger lion. It's time to get locked in and never stop chasing the lions in front of us. I don't want to live a life I can take credit for. I want to live a life only God can take credit for. In his follow-up to uh, that book, Mark Batterson wrote a, a follow-up called The Lion Chaser, and in it, he, he wrote what he calls The Lion Chaser's Manifesto. And I want to read this as I prepare to conclude today. Um, I want to read his Lion Chaser's Manifesto to you. This is what it says. Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals and pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Stop pointing out problems and start becoming part of the solution. Stop repeating the past and start creating the future. Face your fears, fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the mane and don't let go. Live like today is both the first day and the last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges and live only for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what is wrong with you stop you from worshiping what is right with God. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. It's time, folks, for us to make 2017 different. We want to make 2017. We need to make 2017 the year we didn't just walk away from the pit when danger was in front of us. We want to make 2017 the year we decided spiritually, I'm not living safe. I am going to take a risk and do something for God I never thought I would be able to do. I, 2017 is the year I'm going to take a risk to see God make a difference in my community, in my workplace, in my neighborhood. I am going to make 2017 the year I decided to chase the lion. As we look to the future today, I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. This next song is entitled, Hold On. Take hold, actually. Take 
<laughs> David. See, it's okay to look foolish once in a while. Earlier, I asked you to be thinking about that one thing that you would do, that one place, that one area in your life you need to say yes to God in. And right now, as we sing this song, I want you to let go of all the reasons why you can't do it. I want you to let go of all the reasons why you could fail. And I want you to take hold of only Jesus. I want you to realize, look, without Jesus, you are going to fail. But with Jesus, he will never let you fall. We have that promise from his word. If you need somebody to pray with you today, our prayer team is down front. They will chase the lion with you. They will pray with you and chase the lion with you. But let's all just lift our voices right now. Let go of the reasons why you can't do it and take hold of only Jesus. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.